when people choose worship services, they choose it based on the color of the pastor's hair, the music service, the size of the music system, and all these other superficial things. And sometimes God says there is a dissonance between our worship and our service. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome friends to Inverse. We are smack in the middle of our study on mercy and justice throughout the Bible. And we've been going to the Old Testament, on the prophets, and on the law, and the Old Testament, or or the Pentateuch. And now we're going to get into the concept of worship. So, uh, let's see, who's going to pray? Uh, Jonathan, can you pray for us? And we'll get to 2 Corinthians right afterwards. All right, let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this opportunity to study the Bible And we pray that you will reveal to us a new perspective on justice and mercy. Help us to understand what that means and how it affects our lives in the context of worship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't know. I'm super excited about this uh, this episode. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 will give us the founding principle. And then we'll look at all the verses where God's talking about worship. And there's this kind of particular angle that he takes and repeats over and over again. So this is a theme. So let's go to chapter 3, verse, um, yeah, choose a verse there. Um, let's go to verse 18. <laughs> Who? Oh, uh, Jonathan, can you, can you read that for sure. us? Sure. It says here, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Okay, so we picked on you for prayer. We picked on you for spiritual reading. And, and so, Jonathan, what's going on in, in verse 18? Uh, give us a little insight there. Well, uh, this is a very famous scripture, of course. And it talks about the concept that as we behold God, we are transformed. Mm. We are changed. Um, uh, the, the relationship with God, our, our worship of God, our connection with God, it should never leave us uh, unchanged. Mm-hmm. It, in fact, it cannot. If it doesn't change your life, something's not right with your connection. So when you behold God, when you behold His Word, um, it will transform your life. And this mm-hmm. is what Paul is bringing out here. And it's a, it's a process that brings us closer and closer to what we talk, talked about, I think it was episode one, mm-hmm. the image of God mm-hmm. and, and how the ideal, which is you know, what Jesus lived out for us. So this process of sanctification or redemption um, is taking place here as we look at, at our Amen, Lord. amen. Let's go to Siku and then Sebastian and hear from the other uh, of our panelists here this, this, uh, to this episode. What's going on and how does it connect to worship? And we talked about transformation that Jonathan's mentioning, but in terms of worship, what's going pick, on? Picking up from where he, he, he left off, that Genesis, when, when God created us and, and in his image, um, and since sin came into the world, we've fallen from that ideal image mm-hmm. uh, you know, of God. And what God wants to do is to restore in us his image. And the way that that happens is what the, the principle from this verse is the way that we are transformed back into the image of God is by beholding him. Mm-hmm. So as we spend time looking upon him, gazing upon him, that actually brings about a transformation in who we are. Mm-hmm. The principle works for other things, though, that if we're not looking at God, but mm-hmm. we're looking at something else, then we're transformed into that image so that uh, the, I guess the, 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 the phrase becomes by beholding we become changed. Yeah. And whatever it is that we behold, that is what we're changed into. Yeah. Right? So ideally we want to be beholding God and be changed into his image, but I could choose to behold something else 
and I'll be transformed into the image of that thing, Which whatever is a, it is. It's a that very sobering message for young adults today in, in our visual media saturated culture. You know, whether you're watching Elvis or, or Michael Jackson or Justin <laughs> Bieber, Justin Timberlake or BTS or whatever it is, mm. the more you watch that, that is what you become. That is where your affections go. That is where your interests and your... So even the things that we do, like the clothes that we're wearing on this, this episode, even the way that he's holding his hands and the way that Siku's nodding her head and the way that Sebastian is giving me that funny little little smirk that he's doing right now. Mm. Like all these things, and the camera's not going to him. So uh, all <laughs> these things that we're doing, we've picked up from other cues. Mm -hmm. And this is very interesting. This is how transformation takes place. It doesn't take place from snapping their feet Fingers. It doesn't take from us some hacking of some biological process. It's not some magical formula, but it's from us watching something and mimicking that. It's a, it's a very sobering thing because, you know, we we kind we yearn for individuality. Mm. You know, I want to be my own person, yes. etc. But what this is telling me is that as much as yes, you are your own person, but who you are is actually a combination of what you are beholding. Mm -hmm. And so the the power that I have over who I am and who I become comes from my, the choices that I make in what I'm beholding, what I la allow to influence me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not immune to the influences around me. I'm going to be my own person right. no matter what happens around me. Yeah. But the, the, the power that I have to choose what influences are around me, that becomes what transforms mm -hmm. me into the person that I choose to become. Mm -hmm. And that's critical because that's worship, not just in the spiritual sense of it, but in the physical components of it, mm -hmm. are designed to bring our attention back to God. For example, so, break that down. For example, attending church and we're all kneeling down and praying, right? Going through the ritual of foot washing or taking communion, right? Enjoying the Lord's Supper, baptism. All of these things are physical components of worship that may not necessarily have any intrinsic power in of themselves, but they're designed to be mediums to call us back to that mm -hmm. and to call us back to why do we take time, right? We've talked about the Sabbath in a previous episode, bringing in the Sabbath, right? Worshiping together as a congregation. These rituals, if we're not careful, right, can degenerate in just the form of I checked it off the list mm -hmm. and failing mm -hmm. to take us back to the glory that is supposed to be showing us to behold. Mm -hmm. And so like you're saying, my ritual becomes my TV show on Thursday night. My ritual becomes I'm going to listen to Justin Bieber every mm -hmm. you know, day I'm getting dressed and ready Binge for work. watching on Netflix seasons one through 99. Correct, mm -hmm. right? I'm binging. So in these sense, these things become my rituals because fundamentally human nature, we are creatures of habit. We are creatures of repetition mm -hmm. and we are what we repeatedly do. So in essence, right, if worship is something that just degenerates into a form, then in essence, we've lost what it was there to do in the first place, which was to call us back mm -hmm. to behold the spiritual, right? The true glory of God, his character. And his Are you saying that in our modern context that we may look, look upon the past rituals with disdain and we're like, hey, we're more sophisticated than that. But you're saying we're just as ritualistic today as people were back then, but just with more modern, modern practices. Absolutely. With maybe even more dangerous uh, mediums, media uh, in, in a sense. Oh, yeah. But let's, let's transition to Psalms 115, which I think will, as a nice segue, Sebastian, let's go to Sebastian's Psalms 115, verses 1 through 8. And Jonathan, can you read those eight verses for us? Yes. That talk specifically about idolatry. So we're talking about Psalms... Psalms 115. 115. Mm -hmm. 1 through 8, please. 1 through 8. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory, because of your mercy, because of your truth. Why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? 
but our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Noses they have, but they do not smell. They have hands, but they do not handle. Feet they have, but they do not walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Okay, so wow. Siku, connect what we just talked about, transformation and beholding, and connect it with idolatry and worship in Psalms 115. And then right. Jonathan's going, wow. So what did Jonathan <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's precisely there in verse 8. Verse those, 8. Those who make them, those who are making these idols and choose to worship idols, mm-hmm. they're like them, and everyone who trusts in them is like these idols. They're, they're mute, mm-hmm. they're blind, they're mm-hmm. deaf, they're unable to smell... You know, we've been talking, speaking in the context of um, executing justice, you know, in the world. Um, God cares about his people. He cares about the situations that people are going through. Mm -hmm. And for a Christian who is beholding God and seeing the the character of God, there's no way you can see injustice and be silent, right? Mm -hmm. But if if your homage and your worship is to an idol that is unable to speak, then you're muted when you see those situations as well. Huh. Right? You're muted and you're powerless. It says they, they have hands, but they do not handle. And, you know, we have these contemporary Christian songs that talk about being the hands and the feet of Jesus. But I can't be the hands and the feet of, of an idol because, right. yeah, you'll have hands, but you can't do anything in that mm-hmm. situation. You're powerless, actually. Mm-hmm. And so... Worshiping God actually is something that enables you to act in situations where you're called to act, yes. to hear mm-hmm. the cries of people who I need, and to do something mm-hmm. about it. And you know that's, that's... Let's go to Jonathan. We're going to hear as well, and then we go to... And then, go ahead. And then Sebastian. Uh, okay, well, uh, just uh, jumping off what you just said, Siku, I've noticed in my life that um, uh, I remember early on in my walk with the Lord... I would read about, you know, having compassion on people you know, who are in need and, and the mercy of God and all these things. And I'm like, Lord, I don't really have that genuinely in my heart. Please change me. And as I was beholding God, and still am, I mean, it's a process of a lifetime. Sure. sure. Um, I have noticed that God has been refining my, my uh, senses and, and my, my character in a way that my heart is starting to break for those who are broken, uh, I mean, and, and those who are in need. Mm-hmm much more than it used to. I'm not saying I'm like Jesus, but far not, you know, but I, I, I know that God that is... That which you didn't have before yes. has now slowly been created in so your heart. as I look at God, who is justice and mercy, um, now, as Sikh was saying, that has transformed me that I'm starting to desire justice and mercy for other people that I see, even if even people who are not part of my immediate family. Can I interject before um, Sebastian comes okay. in? Okay, Sebastian, is that okay? Ladies first. But it relates to what he said. I remember um, growing up, especially in my teen years, um, something that I struggled with, and, uh, me and some of my contemporaries, that we would watch TV together, and our thing was we loved horror, horror movies, and we would... Is that right? Yes, CQ? in wow. the first... I if, would have never... <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, if no one died in the first five minutes, like, it was over for that movie. It was kind of like, oh, it was a waste of my life, you know? And, and, no, it's <laughs> really ridiculous. Right? Where's the blood? Where's the gore? <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, and and I, I remember as, as I was going through this reconversion experience, I guess, in my late teens, um, reading, started reading the Bible more, and, and I realized that 
I didn't have that compassion, you know, and I know it's just TV and it's make believe or whatever, but seeing someone die was just like entertainment and it mm. bugged me. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to be that person that doesn't care mm -hmm. that somebody died. I don't care if it's, it's a TV show, it's a story I read on the news, to not care about the death of a human being. There's something wrong with me. And I started praying, Lord, change me, you know? And part of that transformation, part of that change was I needed to stop watching that stuff, you know? That's I right. needed to stop in, in Behold the right yes. thing. Behold no. the Lord. Right. Yeah. Thank and, you. And we, we've had confessions from both Siku and, <laughs> and from Jonathan. And so now we go direct attention to you, to Sebastian, your confession. Today. No, I think it's profound what Siku is saying mm. um, because my point was going to be from this psalm, when it says that those who make them are like them, you realize that from 2 Corinthians 13, worship was designed to transform us, mm. right? But when you get into idolatry, it's about transforming God, right? I'm going to make him into what I want. Mm. So yeah. rather than me being changed from glory to glory, God is being changed and his glory is being reduced and reduced and reduced mm -hmm. to mine, right? Mm. So we are now focusing on changing him because this is the work of men's hands. Mm. So when we're looking at money and institutions and power, um, and entertainment, all these different things are things are the work of men's hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're saying, oh, yes, yes, this is the thing that needs to be worshipped and regarded and, and looked at upon with awe, mm -hmm. when in actuality, all that's doing is just lowering and lowering and lowering the glory, which is ultimately lowering myself, mm -hmm. right, rather than it calling me higher and higher and higher and higher, mm -hmm. which is why when, when God looks at this, um, this passage about these dumb idols... Well, Sebastian, hold that thought on the dumb idols. We'll come back to dumb idols after the break, so stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. We are in the middle of Psalms 115, where Sebastian was talking about dumb idols, like dumb in the sense that they're dumb, but also dumb, they can't speak dumb. So, <laughs> so speaking of dumb idols. So when you're taking these, these dumb idols and crafting the divine in our own image, mm. we now tell stories of what we believe ought to be done, and then those narratives become perpetuated in the lives of other people. Mm. Whether that narrative is coming through a song, through a movie, right, which is, oh yeah, you died, that was only valuable because it showed us how evil the person was in this particular movie, right? This relationship is only valuable um, because, you know what, they love each other. It doesn't matter that they're both married. It doesn't matter that this is a violation of a covenant. That doesn't matter, right? Mm. And because we perpetuate that story, now the very elements of what we're making this ideal into, because really that's what God is, the ideal of what we feel we're called to be as human beings. Mm -hmm. We're crafting that and then perpetuating that story and making sure it's beheld mm -hmm. so that what I believe a human being ought to be and how life should work and love and justice, mm -hmm. that's what's being spread abroad. Mm -hmm. And that's where people are being changed. Mm -hmm. I love that verse, verse 8, 115, verse 8. Those who make them are like them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so is everyone who trusts in them. And I think we need to be very careful. And we say a lot of I think around here, but I think mm -hmm. this is, I'm, I'm really thinking about this, <laughs> that um, be careful that, that we don't become so arrogant to think that these, these people of, of antiquity, they are, they're idiots, 
Mm-hmm. They worship these, these stone things, then they know better. But there's a sophisticated theology in idolatry of antiquity. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're wor- basically, they're worshiping themselves. Yes. They're worshiping the, 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 uh, the creation of their own hands. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we are doing the same thing mm-hmm. when it comes not only to, we've been talking about media and entertainment, yeah. but could we be even doing that in modern religion and in worship For as sure. well? Where we're, we're, we're looking at our own creation, our own PowerPoint yeah. slides, our own music, mm. our own, you know, edifices and our own eloquence from humanity. Mm. And it becomes this downward spiral, you know. We're becoming more like the created rather than being an upward spiral and becoming more like the creator. Well, let's go to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, and this is where it comes all together, where God has much to say about the lack of justice and mercy in the context of worship, mm-hmm. in the context of worship. So, Siku, can you read verse, uh, chapter 58 of Isaiah? Uh, let's go to verse 6 and 7. Okay. Is this not the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Mm-hmm. See, in verse 3, it says, Why have we fasted? In verse 4, you indeed, you fast for strife. In verse 5, is it a fast? There's a fast going on. There is a religious service. This is a feast day. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual context going on. So, Sebastian, all of a sudden, God is taking kind of a turn here. Mm-hmm. And he's getting very angular to his people. Yes. What's going on? Well, he's essentially calling them out on the fact that you have brought so much zeal in the forms of religion, like fasting, these external components, when the inside of what the fast was really about, Mm -hmm. that I'm going without so that others may have, Mm -hmm. right? That's the fast that I have chosen. Mm -hmm. But God is recognizing they've made his complete religion and the things that are supposed to take them back to him, it's just become, oh, that's it. It's just about the fast. And that there's some magical power if I just don't eat food. Mm-hmm. If I decide to just, you know, only eat from this hour to this hour, then that's the magical power. And that's how we get God to do what we want. Mm-hmm. So they're doing 115 with the true God. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, we just go through the religious services and he's going to bless. He's going to do this. This is what's going to happen. He's like, that's... So the heart of the worshiper is the same as Psalms 115. Yes. But externality, they just replace the idol with what the they forms. call God. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like we name it. And we use the forms that he's given. Mm-hmm. And we know that God through Moses gave us these rituals. Mm-hmm. God through Moses taught us this way of worship. But we've replaced the, the, the object of worship with the method of worship. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is the medium, but now you're, you just stop there and you never actually reach the creator himself. Mm-hmm. I think it Jonathan. goes uh, uh, even beyond that. Um, on the one hand, yeah, you can have where you have, okay, the, the rituals, and it's kind of empty because your heart is not in it, and you just go through the forms and the motions. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, there's almost this monk style of spirituality that you can experience. And I, I'm speaking from my personal monk experience. Style. So what I mean with that is, you, you know, yeah, you have your personal devotions, you're serious about the Lord, you, you're studying, you know, you want the truth, and you're reading all the books, but... You never go and reach your neighbor. You, mm. you, you are serious and genuine. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. But at some point, our theology must go from the, the mind to the hand. Mm. There, God is a God of action. I mean, Jesus healed more than he preached. Mm. He was very active uh, in social justice or, or whatever you want to call it, in, in helping people, in, in bringing people, restoring them. 
And this is not just talking about physical, I'm talking about every element of, of restoration. So for me, what the Lord has convicted me of about, since we are confessing in this episode, is that, <laughs> you know, yes, Jonathan, you are, you know, you're seeking me in the word, you're interested in, in these things. But, you know, have, do you know the names of your neighbors? Are you praying for them? Mm. Are you, and have you gone beyond praying for them? Have you knocked on their door and sought their best? Are you, are you interested in their welfare and in leading them to Jesus through your love and friendship and care? And that's something I know I still have a, a long way to go. I want to, to love my neighbors. I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? But think about, think about the fact that John is going to tell us in the New Testament that he who says he loves God and hates his neighbor is yes. a liar. Yes. So it's the separation mm. that I can have an intense, intimate relationship with God yeah. and have zero relationship with yeah. a human being. Mm. It's not possible. It's not possible. It and to me, that's completely encapsulated in the um, condescension of Jesus mm. when he becomes human. You can't inter- interact with the divine in absence of the human that's right. because God is now human and divine. Mm. And so to neglect one is to neglect the other right. both ways. And it's, it, it's uh, the picture of how do I know that my relationship with God is doing anything? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I know that, you know, when I pray, it's not just hitting the ceiling or, mm. you know, all the rituals that we perform, you know, going to church every Sabbath, you know, and how do I know that this makes any difference? The, the uh, oh, I forgot the idiom. The taste is in the pudding. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, but yes. I don't understand the idiom. But I think that's the one. Um, but <laughs> the right. point is, the we way that we more know, pudding. <laughs> the, that is, yeah, the way that we know that our relationship <laughs> with God is actually even doing anything in us yes. is the is our relationship with other yes. people. And God is saying, here you you're doing you're doing these rituals, you know. And and in Micah, later on in Micah it says, you know, you. you Should we go to Micah? Oh, Micah? Yeah, we can go Micah six. Micah six. So we're entering the minor zone. Take yeah. a little bit more time in the minor zone. Um, Micah 6, yes. verse 6, verse six. through 8, mm-hmm. or there's 8, there's the song, yeah. <laughs> he's shown you a man. Precise. So Micah 6, Micah 6, verse 6, with what verse shall six. I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Then it says, verse 8, mm-hmm. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Beautiful. And he's saying, you know, all the, the rituals that you can perform, whether it's fasting, or bringing your sacrifice in, in our modern context, being faithful in going to church, having your personal devotional life. Tithe, double tithe, tithe triple tithe. Yeah. All these tithe. things, <laughs> yeah, all these things, for God, God's like, I don't care about this stuff. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. These are things that are supposed to draw us closer to God. Mm-hmm. But how do you see that you're being drawn closer to God? What's the evidence of, of a relationship with mm-hmm. God is in the way that you re- relate with yeah. your fellow humanity. Okay, guys, let me, let me, let me, let me pitch this to you, okay? So, so I'm, I'm hearing what you're, the three of you are saying. I'm tracking with you, okay? Let's, let's do all that. So then I'm going to follow that. Where, where, where is the role, what is the role then of ritual? Mm-hmm. You're saying, God doesn't care about ritual. God doesn't care about, it's the heart, it's this. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So let's do away with ritual altogether, which is what our generation is currently battling. And with. I think the, 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 thinking. the breakdown, <laughs> the breakdown in, that, in that ideology is 
just because we're confusing the roots with the fruits doesn't say that the fruits are bad. Okay, right? you're rapping here, and so I'm getting your, your, your <laughs> rhyme and your, your reason, but okay, break that down. Break that so down. when you make the ritual, which is the fruit yes. of our religion, the yes. roots is where it becomes a problem. Yes. Well, my religion, I know I'm religious because I execute such and such actions. What we're trying to really com- communicate is that a, an intense grounding in Christ and who he is and his character mm-hmm. is the root, mm-hmm. not the ritual. Mm-hmm. But from those roots, it will eventually produce this fruit. Mm-hmm. It's what gives church meaning. It's what gives rituals meaning. Mm-hmm. Because true obedience comes from the heart, that transformed appreciation and gratitude to your creator. Mm-hmm. So when I see that I was broken, I was the one who was in need, and God is the one who fasted, who went without in order to give to me. Mm-hmm. Now, because of my love for God, I will do the rituals, but the rituals are not the roots, they're the fruits of So the ritual doesn't come first to produce the fruit, you're saying it's the fruit that we have that causes us to go through the ritual. Yes, the fruit is the ritual of our rooting in our relationship. Okay, okay, yeah, I got it the other way, okay. Yes, because you have to start with the roots, draw the nourishment that produces the fruit of the ritual, and that's what makes it valuable and tasty and enjoyable and all the benefits that fruit brings. So perhaps the reason why many young adults don't like the ritual is because they, it's because they have no true experience. Absolutely. With the heart of what all this is about. Right. No. Jonathan, you're looking at me with pensive, pensive eyes. Um, no, I'm, I'm just listening. It's very good. But, uh, I mean, Jesus talked talk to the Pharisees and told them, you know, you're, you're doing all these, you're, you're doing the, the tithes and the offerings, you're doing all these rituals. Uh, and... It's a good thing that you're doing this, but you are neglecting the weightier matters of the law, which mm-hmm. is love and mercy and justice. So um, there is both elements are needed uh, in the experience. But if, if we neglect one for the other, uh, then we have an issue here. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So and, I was going to say that, that uh, with the root fruit <laughs> analogy, mm-hmm. um, you could, you could, if you focus on the ritual, um, you could miss that relationship yes. with God. But there's no true relationship with God, like just, you know, the vine, you know, if you're connected with the vine, you're going to bear fruit. Um, We talked about it in in John when he's writing, he's talking about this is how you know that you love God, like Mm -hmm. that you love one another. Mm -hmm. That there's no way a genuine relationship with God will not result in fruit. Mm -hmm. Although it is possible to focus on the rituals and have all of these things in your life, which is why in Isaiah is like, you know, you're doing all of this stuff and God's... God's problem with his people is that they were doing all these things mm-hmm. and, and the evidence was that it didn't mean anything, mm-hmm. really. It didn't mean anything to their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And God's like, I want to have a relationship with you, a relationship that impacts mm-hmm. but the world be, around you. But to be you. 100, Justin, why most young people probably have, are upset with throwing out the, the rituals is because they've seen people execute the rituals perfectly and have terrible character. That's yes. right, that's right. So it's like, well, if you can do all of this and yet you're still beating my mom, mm-hmm. you're still, you know, you're up here weeping at the altar during intercessory prayer, but you're unkind. Yeah, and my takeaway from that is that we're not looking at Jesus in that. We're looking at the products of yeah. false worship and thinking this is not what I want to be. So you throw the, the baby out, out with the bathwater. Bath yes. My ultimate takeaway is we need to get back to the heart of worship, get beyond the externalities and what God is trying to get us to do. That's my prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks for visiting us here at Inverse. We'll see you here next week on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, 
Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.